The New Level Cap Podcast is a show about fun, friends, game design, and all things otherwise. Your hosts are Marco DeSantos and Brad Talton of Level 99 Games. I'm Chris Solis, your producer, and without further ado, please enjoy the show. Greetings, friends. My name is Brad Talton, founder and president of Level 99 Games, and I am joined here by my co-host, Marco DeSantos. Also known as Mechanicritic and your best friend. Did you know that you, listener, are my new best friend? You didn't know this, but now you do. You're going to be wait, my friend. Wait, you, you're leaving me for the listener, Marco? They're going to be my friend whether or not they like it. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can have many best friends, which is a really weird way to say that because for somebody to be your best friend, it implies they're the, the, the only one. That's what being the best means. No, right? you, could have, you could have multiple people tied for best, right? You just have to like them all equally, which can be very difficult. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, in that sense... It's quite the balancing act. It's like having your favorite children. Oh, that's that's definitely wrong. Somebody's always got to be the favorite, right? Well, I have a favorite, but uh, I only have one kid, so it's it works out, right? The only that, way to truly have a best friend is to only have one friend. Yeah, that's completely true. And wait, this also implies that your kid is your least favorite kid. Uh, No, no, no. But you only have one. That doesn't imply that. Marco, quiet. All right. So today's program, Marco has something planned that I have absolutely no idea what it is. So I'm just going to play along and join the fun and see what happens as we go through this episode of the Level Cap Podcast. All right. So it's going to be a little bit of a return to the old style of the new Level Cap Podcast, mostly because... Um, we weren't actually sure whether or not Brad would be here for this episode, so it's going to be very fun to go back to an old return to form, uh, or maybe old return to style, more like it. So Brad, uh, let's start off with our first segment of what have you been doing? So Brad, what have you been doing in the realm of personal life, maybe gaming, maybe, I don't know, stuff that's not related to level 99 games, but exactly. Life is, life is pretty good. I'm getting into the swing of it. I'm back from my paternity leave now. So I'm in the office every day once again and getting things tidied up. Um, mm-hmm. But aside from work, I've been playing a really interesting game, Return of the Obra Dinn, to, uh, and that's um, on the Switch now. So I'm playing through that, and I just recently finished Luigi's Mansion 3, which was an excellent, excellent game. Ooh. So yeah, I'm uh, having a lot of fun playing video games in the evening with, uh, with mom and the kid. Oh, so is the baby in your arms as you play Luigi's Mansion? Uh, sometimes, sometimes. Luigi's Mansion is really great because the co-op is just drop in, drop out, right? So if one of us needs to go take care of baby, we just switch off the co-op and go do that. And then if we, you know, when we get back, then we turn on co-op again and pick it up and play. So, so- it's a really cool game for couples that maybe don't have, uh, you know, that, are, that are, have a lot of interruptions. Ooh, quick question. Who's Guigi? Uh, whoever is the last person on kid duty. I yeah. see. I see. That makes that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. It's it's honestly it's the kind of game like normally in these sort of games because Linda's not Linda's bad at video games. All right, I'll just, just say it out loud. Um, but I mean, in this kind of game, uh, the the gameplay is much more puzzle oriented. So it really doesn't matter who is Luigi, right? The only fights you really even have a chance of dying on are the last few fights. Even if you're bad, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so for the last fight against uh, the final boss, I was Luigi. But in most other areas of the game, it just didn't matter. 
Uh, puzzle games are really good like that because even if I've got both hands full holding a baby, I can still help with the puzzle, right? That's definitely true. And I, I guess it's really interesting because it's a lo- no little secret that I kind of don't like puzzle games because I'm really bad at them. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe I need to learn puzzle games more. And because like, there seems yeah. to be like, it seems to be very good for like, you know, a slower pace in life. Like when you can't dedicate well, 100% mind, of your attention to it. They're not, it's not like a a puzzle game, like, you know, like connect these lines no, or no, no, Sudoku no, yeah. or anything like that. It's an exploration game where the exploration is gated by puzzles. And that's that's all there is to it. I mean, but even then, I, I hate those kinds of games, right? Well, not hate. Hate is a strong word, but you know what I mean. I prefer to not have those puzzles in my games, right? Which is kind of weird because uh, it's like half of the time I enjoy playing Zelda because I fight stuff. And then the other half of the time, I'm like, can you just stop it with this arrow puzzle already? You know? Oh, man. Some of those shrines were, were really fiendish in Breath of the Wild. Really? Again, I don't have a Switch, so I have no idea. Yeah. So in, in so Breath of the Wild really um, changed things around because you have this overworld where you you run around, but then you have these sh- these shrines that you go into, and they're just little one room puzzles. But some of them are are extremely complicated. And in Breath of the Wild, you get all of your tools uh, pretty much on the starter plateau. Mm-hmm. So by the time you get off the starter plateau, you're equipped to solve just about every puzzle in the game. And so what it's really just up to you, right? Like to figure out these solutions. And that's the really infuriating part. And it's true with Luigi's Mansion as well. Um, aside from like one little thing that you get on floor nine, you pretty much have all of your tools right out of the gate in this game. And so it's really about using the tools that you've used the entire game in unconventional ways. And in that way, it feels very similar to Breath of the Wild. Ooh, that's actually a really hard thing to do in terms of like game design. Like, like the reason you'd want to give the player more tools as the game progresses is because you want to ramp up the complexity of the kinds of puzzles you give them, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it gets yeah. really hard to do when you give them all the tools at the start and you have to make an entire 30, 20-hour experience out of the same set of tools, right? It's, that's definitely mm-hmm. that's definitely a unique design challenge because, again, like I'm not saying it's a cop-out. I'm not saying it's a bad way to design, but it's definitely easier to design a long experience if you gate the player's abilities along the way, right? So yeah, very interesting, very interesting. Brad, ask me what I've been doing. So what have you been doing, Marco? Being bad at video games, because I've been playing the new EA game. I I can't believe I said that. I've been playing uh, Star Wars, The Fallen Order. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I remember you messaged me and you're like, Brad, this is like the Dark Souls of Star Wars. It is indeed just Dark Souls. Star. I am not even okay, kidding at wait, this point. Wait, but what actually makes it? Dark Souls. I have to test your integrity here because okay, okay, you'll say it's the Dark Soul. Anything's the Dark Souls of anything. Okay, let me let me tell you this, right? Okay, challenging blocking parry based combat. If you miss time or roll, you basically get two shot. There are meditation spots, quote unquote, littered throughout the map, which you can rest at, and then if you rest at them, you can upgrade your skills uh, by uh, investing skill points. Then, if you rest at it to heal your health, it respawns all the enemies around that meditation spot. And then, mm-hmm. when you die, uh, you lose all of your current uh, experience points that you can use to invest into skill points. 
Like, okay. Like so, so there. Uh, is there is there randomized loot? Um, as far as I know, there is not randomized loot, not yet, at least. Okay, uh, that's 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 good. I prefer not. Like in Dark Souls, there's a finite number of weapons in the game, right? Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that really makes it shine. And with Bloodborne, the weapons are almost characters in their own right. Yeah, that's absolutely so. true. So in this one, I think I think the big thing about this one though is that it has it has the very much of the it very much has the skeleton of a Souls game, like in the sense that Sekiro has the skeleton of a Souls game. You, you know, it's it's more like Sekiro than Dark Souls, right? Like your character okay. is a character, but Sekiro is more like Tenchu than Dark Souls. That's true, right? Like it it is more like Tenchu than Dark Souls. Um, uh, but yes, it's it's like it's like Sekiro, but instead of being Tenchu, you are actually Dark Souls because you actually have to fight things. Um, I see. Yeah, because instead of like stealth killing everything, uh, so it's a very interesting game. Um, oh, you even have like uh, stim packs, which are like you know Estus flasks for yeah, all intents yeah, and purposes, yeah, yeah. right? So it's a very interesting game. I'm very bad at it. I am I'm absolutely terrible at it because sometimes the like when you fight against like Imperial Stormtroopers or whatever, fine, easy, right? Because they're just people. Like like in Dark Souls, like the, the jobber skeletons, they're easy. Uh-huh. But then when you go to like weird alien planet and you have to fight like a ten foot high frog, I'm like, okay, well I guess. Oh uh, and then like I don't know. It's like I try to parry its tongue and then it it latches onto me and then eats me alive. But that you can learn the attack patterns and yep. get it right. You can learn the attack patterns and get it right. I'm still awful at it. It took me like an hour to beat like a side boss. <laughs> like I'm like I see. Oh, oh, oh so it's it's very cool, it's very challenging. Um it has that it has a it has a very Star Wars feel to the, the quote unquote Dark Souls <laughs> formula. I, I don't know if I should really say that, uh, but huh, yeah, interesting. You're saying it's the Star Wars of Dark Souls. Ah, the Star. Wars. <laughs> I'm so done. It's the, <laughs> it's it's actually the Star Wars of Star Wars, Brad. If you uh, if you can believe it, but yes, it's very interesting. I haven't that really... doesn't make that makes even less sense. That's that's fair. It's a very cool story though. Um, it it talks about the the adventures of uh one Jedi not master but the Jedi knight who like survived order 66 and uh-huh. and how they get the 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 uh, holocron is that what's that what they are how he gets I the holocron <laughs> I don't know you're the one that's playing the game doesn't it have voiceovers I, it, it does have voiceovers it's like holocron I don't know, man. They all have accents. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway, anyway. Well, it sounds like a pretty fascinating game. You're not the first person who's told me it's awesome. So Yeah, it's, uh, it's my, really weird. My question, I guess, then is um, where do we go from here? What did you have planned for this episode of the so, Level Cap Podcast? Actually, for this episode, I wanted to talk about some updates. Uh, a very cool, not the News 99 per se, more of like uh, just a general update of how Level 99 Games is doing in general. And since I'm Battlecon project lead now, we can talk a little bit more about Battlecon than the rest. How about that, Brad? Because I feel like sure. we've done a lot of um, 
So, so for people who don't know, uh, last week there was no episode of the podcast because we released a birthday party stream. It was our ninth birthday. Clap, yay us! Clap, 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 clap. Yeah, we did the the live birthday video cast. Yes, uh, we called it the birthday bash. So in there, we kind of talked about some of the upcoming projects that we had. Uh, we didn't actually end up talking a lot about BattleCon, which is a very sad thing for me. We didn't. For, because of technical concerns, I had to essentially act like an admin slash broadcaster rather than an yeah. interviewee. So we didn't get to talk about BattleCon at all. But this is my show and your show. So we're making this one about BattleCon, okay? Because I want to okay. talk about it. And I love this game. So for this one, let's 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 get everything else out of the way first. Let's talk a little bit about the updates about the company in general. So Brad, that's your go. What's up? What's new these days is mostly just preparing for 2020. You know, it's all logistics. It's all getting Imperial and the new print run of Argent and Shovel Knight Exceed and Pixel Tactics Legends, getting all those things across the Pacific by the end of the year. That's our major goal right now. And if we can get all those things in, then that's going to be really good for us because we can deliver a lot of Christmas presents this year. Um, Merry that's Christmas. That's something I really hope to do. Yeah. So yeah. we're we're see we'll see how that pans out. We had further delays with Imperial, which I was really disappointed about. But um but it seems like things are moving forward now. So that's nice. Um but uh as far as the rest of the company goes, mostly we're working on updating the way we structure projects and the way that we complete projects so that we have a greater advertising and marketing presence for our projects, right? Mm-hmm. So in the old days, the most likely way you were to hear about a level 99 game was your friend would tell you about it, or you would see a web ad on BGG, or you might listen to this podcast or something like that. Heck yeah. Right. Um, But now we're getting ready to launch a new site where we'll post press releases. We're getting ready to launch more video-based content. We're putting up landing pages for our games that each have their own domains and separate sites. So those are all really cool um, additions that we're making to our, our plans going forward. Yeah. And it's also a, a large bit of it's also about the planning, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. the only time you ever hear about a Level 99 Games product or uh, a companion app or whatever like that, right, is when we release it. <laughs> and sometimes it's better if we had some sort of like preheat to it, right? Like we release a blog announcing that, hey, we're going to do a thing in like a week or whatever, right? Like a preview of yeah. this thing or whatever, right? Like, So if you've been watching a lot of the Shovel Knight uh, preview blogs or like watching my gameplay with Daniel, uh, stuff like that, right? Like, But for also the other games, because the thing about it is that only Exceed mm-hmm. gets that treatment. <laughs> so, yeah, at the, at the moment, it's only Exceed that is getting that treatment. And, yeah. um, and we'd like to really get more of, you know, more of the, what do I say? More of our games to have a more complete media presence. Yeah, I mean, so previously we've relied on a lot of for a lot of smaller games. You'd say things like I can't even or things like Sil Swords or Professor Treasure. They've just gone to stores, and we've relied on stores to get the word out for us. But what we've seen is that really stores are relying on us to get the word out for them. <laughs> so. That's a major change that we're making in the next year is that we're taking our more responsibility for marketing and selling our products, even products that come up in retail outlets and distributors. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, they deserve it, right? We wouldn't publish the games if they weren't good. So might as well sell them, quote unquote, sell them. Yeah, to people, I think right? like that's, I guess, yeah, previously I've always been like, 
oh, let's just get on to the next project. You know, as soon as we finish this project, we can start on the next cool thing. But now nowadays, I want to sell this cool thing more and make more of a permanent, make each game we make more of a permanent fixture in the marketplace. Yeah. Uh, not just a one and done or a let's get done with it so we can get to the next one kind of thing. So you you kind of want to give each one of them the treatment that we give stuff like Battlecon or stuff like Exceed, right? Like- yeah, where it's it's designed to live and also designed for for imprint. So we've been working a lot more with our foreign uh, partners, especially to bring Exceed to uh, South Korea and to Japan and to China. And now we're bringing Argent to Japan and to Spain, and we're bringing Pixel Tactics to South Korea and to Italy. Uh, so, and we're bringing Shovel Knight Exceed to China. So we're really working more with our international partners. But what that means is that our projects have to have a much higher standard of completion and rules integrity. They mm-hmm. also need to have a very structured kit of um, of advertising and marketing materials. Okay. Yes. So, so that's a big deal. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's a it's a very interesting thing to have to consider um other people making ads using our assets does that make sense right like because for the longest time it's just been oh we need ads for our game let's make them right done but then Mm -hmm. now because i i assume like for these markets right for like south korea for china and etc like our ad copy or our advertisement like uh structuring of the ad or whatever might not work for them right like something well, it's about not it even that it right? might not work for them but previously it didn't exist right we would just make some ads and if the other you know if other publishers could get their hands on them then that was great but often there was no paper trail going back you couldn't yeah. even translate our copy because we didn't have it in a you know in a form in a text format it only showed up on the back of boxes and in magazines and stuff so keeping our paper trail more in order is is a big part of keeping games organized. Oh, absolutely anyway, true. This stuff is pretty is is pretty dry, and I know that most what? of our fans probably want to talk more about BattleCon. What so why don't you tell us what you're working on, Marco? All right, everyone, welcome to the BattleCon uh, half hour <laughs> or quarter hour. I don't know. Um, it's really interesting because so for people who don't know, uh, and maybe maybe you do know because we've already listened to, to this podcast a little bit, but. Uh, Brad announced that I am now the Batagon project lead. So, um, so the fans are running the asylum for real. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really interesting to me because so it's with, like yeah. Well, let, let's back up a little bit. So, with the birth of my daughter, I don't have the time to really lead projects the way that I did in the past. Um, and even then, it was kind of debatable whether I truly had the time to lead projects. So, in uh, in getting to grips with the true reality that I find myself in. I assigned Marco to take care of Battlecon, get it press ready, and get it out the door. So now he's taking over Unleashed and finishing up Devastation, mainly the bosses, and finishing up the solo fighters and the patch cards that come out in Unleashed. So there's a little bit more work to do, but it's work that spans a lot of different disciplines. And uh, (laughs) I've been interested to see your progress. Oh no, is is this the pressure? Is this an interview to check whether or not I'm actually doing my job? Um, well, we feel like we do that fairly often, so no, not really. But <laughs> I know you're doing fine. All right, thanks. Thanks for the vote of confidence. So it's actually a really interesting thing, because um, prior to this, I had no idea how much work had to go into to get something press ready, right? Like, 
I thought it was like balance done. We're done, right? Apparently, there's a lot more work mm-hmm. than that. Uh, so, so uh, here's a here's a list of things I basically have to wake up to every morning, right? Like, I wake up, I check my emails to see whether or not any of the artists have finished any of the pending art uh, requests that we have for them. So, uh, for BattleCon, this usually means uh, waiting for Nokomento to finish the uh, backer costumes. So, we've actually um, gotten a lot of progress there. Uh, a lot of backer. I feel like you actually... have gotten a lot more progress out of Nokomento than I did, and it might be because you guys are in the same time zone. Yeah, absolutely true, but it's still kind of weird because Noko sometimes sends me emails at 2 a.m. And I'm like, what are you doing awake at 2 a.m. our time? Like, so it, it's fine. But like, yeah, we, we get a we got a, we get a big correspondence going on because, again, mostly because Noko and I live in the same country and same time zone. So she's awake when I'm awake. So uh, it's very mm-hmm. it's very good that we were able to finish a lot. Actually, we're really ahead on in terms of art. Like I think we're a week or two ahead. So I won't spoil what the art is, but uh, expect to see some of the new backer costumes in my upcoming updates, uh, especially for um, uh, the Kickstarter. So check the Kickstarter out for any of the backer costume updates. Uh, whether or not those are full arts or sketches, you'll have to see for yourself. So there's that. Right after that, yeah, I some then- of these are pretty cool. Oh my gosh! Can, so we, the can, we, like, can we just drop a few names and and then people can can sure. guess what they might look like? So people already know about Astral Conqueror Alexian. Some people already know about Surf Sub Caesar. But then you get some stuff like Super Sorsorian Kimbe. You get stuff like um, Rune Forged Glenhide. You get stuff like Parry Master Cherry. So you know it's it's going to be a very interesting set of costumes. I, yeah, I, you, you and can a lot kind of these guess. are going to BattleCon Online too. Oh, that's awesome! Which uh, yeah. uh, which just released its update. If uh, if what Cameron tells me, um, yes. So uh, on, on Steam, social so media, the Grand Chronicle updates out now. Yes, uh, called the library. <laughs> um, so so for people who don't know, Valcon Online uh, released the library update last uh, yesterday, my time. Uh, it it basically gives you this w- new progression system where instead of progression in terms of like simple avatars or extra costumes there's an entire lore book which is like a proto weird slash battlecon online version of the grand chronicle so if you want to get a sneak peek of what the grand chronicle is all about you might want to check out battlecon online and try to unlock all of those stories all of those cool tidbits you play so, games, you acquire ink, you use ink to fill in the pages in the book, and as the pages fill up, you get stuff. So that's the new unlock system in BattleCon Online, integrating the story with game progression. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. So you find out some stories, some lore about Indy, and some about the stories of your favorite characters. You know, actually on the BattleCon Online Discord yesterday, there was like a two to four hour discussion about lores of characters in Indians, which is really cool. Because, oh, excellent. Oh, that's yeah. good. And um, another really cool thing we did in BattleCon Online, we shortened the timers for match timers. So most game timers are shorter now. Oh, interesting. So so the yeah, game's a little bit more uh, quick and fast-paced. Well, so the idea is, yeah, the game is quicker and fast and faster-paced. So there's a bit more of a skill element because you truly need to know and adapt and calculate in a faster time. But also what it means is that players will turn around matches faster. So you won't have to wait so long for a match in the future. Right, because if right. more players are finishing matches quicker, then there's be more players in the pool queued. Yeah, absolutely true. Because uh, like pre- previously, some games could end up being like 15, 20 minutes long, right? Despite mm-hmm. being uh, timered already. So that, that makes a lot of sense. It's, a, it's, a, it's more skill intensive uh, and it means you can play more games. I mean, overall, that just... 
that just that's a very Battlecon thing, right? Skill intensive, more games. Like that's yep. that's just Battlecon and, in general. Yeah, and then our last big uh, update, which I would like to roll out this year, but it may bleed into January, is going to be improving the AI. And once we have some improved AI and some semblance of an arcade mode, then we will be we'll have completed all the features we planned for this year. Hey, that's wonderful! Uh, I can't wait to fight some Cadenza AI that doesn't just play Clockwork Shot every rotation, though. To be fair, most Cadenza players just actually play shot per clock on every rotation, so maybe he's fine. <laughs> mm. All right, so maybe. So with that, right, we we talk about a little bit of Battlecon Online. We talk about what I do with art, but really, what takes up a lot of my time these days, and I mean a metric ton of my time, is cards. Like, yeah. and not even just balancing cards, right? Because a lot of the cards that I'm touching right now aren't even cards that have been touched balance-wise for weeks because they're done. Uh, so so really, what's really consuming a lot of time is proofreading. I never really knew how much time went into proofreading uh, because all I've had to do was proofread. I had, I had never been the one that has had to take the proofreading comments and then apply them to the cards. This has yeah, been a very... It's, uh, it's a different kind of... A uh, different kind of thing, isn't it? It's a very illuminating experience because... It's one thing, like, you see a card, it looks kind of wrong, right? And somebody goes, oh, the text here is a little bit too small. And you're like, oh, okay, sure, I'll make it bigger. And then when you make the text bigger, it bleeds off the page, and then now the text doesn't fit, and you're thinking, oh, no. <laughs> like, what do I yeah. do now? Like, I can't keep well, it that and, small. And it's... Yeah, and luckily there are, there are a few rules, you know, that we have, and a few guidelines in place, and... Um, a lot of Adobe makes it very easy to synchronize styles across documents. So that's Absolutely. pretty handy. Yeah, but, it's, it's very handy. Yeah. <laughs> the but big still, problem. There's so, just so many cards in the game that it's hard to keep your styles in sync. It's not just and, about keeping the styles in sync, right? I think the biggest problem is that due to the nature of the game and how certain cards can, like, certain cards want to do certain things in certain ways that is very unique to that specific card itself, right? Like, so mm -hmm. here's a simple example, right? So Victor has a finisher called the Stroke of Midnight, where um, the range is like 57, and then the power is 58, and then the uh, the speed is 59, and then the guard is 60, because it's like a clock ticking down to midnight, right? Yeah. So, like, for most of the time, you'd want to just put a tiebreaker on the priority, but because of the way that card kind of wants to aesthetically present itself, it's very difficult to just put the tiebreaker and then have the 59 not be aligned right. with all not of the aligned other. with the others. No, yeah. that makes sense. And, um, and you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not always as simple as just, here's the game's balance, and here's the card template, and, you know, bake it and go. Right? Yeah. The aesthetics and the balance kind of work hand in hand together to make the gameplay. So if you have a card that is just a ton of text that is, you know, mechanically sound and balance-wise sound, but it doesn't really, uh, it's just too much on the card, or it makes the card overly complex, or it makes the card kind of, uh, it makes the text box not fit correctly at the right size, then you might have to change the game's mechanics or mechanical effect of the card in order to achieve aesthetic perfection. Yeah, and it's it's very difficult. Well, one of my biggest problems, well, and those, it's just the calls you have to make, right? It's not yeah. there's not really a right or wrong to it, but this is this is the job of the producer, 
Right. Am to I a make, producer? To be, re- to be the one to make those calls. Wait, am I a producer? I mean, you're producing the game, right? I mean, I uh, guess. Maybe, you know, it, I say production in the sense of, you know, like technical production, right? Yeah, that makes Not sense. in the sense of like, I want to be a producer. Ah, not like okay. So I'm, not, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not out there looking for the newest star, right? Like, that's not right. it. Right. Okay. Not not quite different. Uh, different not, thing. Not quite. Okay, but yeah, that that's that's the big thing, right? Like making those judgment calls is very hard because you you're thinking to yourself, okay, so if the text doesn't fit, I can just change the text, and then whether or not that changes mechanics is fine. But the problem is, if it does change mechanics, that changes the character's balance. If that changes the character's balance, guess who we have to balance again, right? So it it cascades into a series of like more work. Well, it requires it requires a. A certain understanding, right? Yeah, like for sure. You have to be involved in the balance testing. You have to understand the nature of the character, and you have to know what levers you can pull without changing balance. Exactly. Too much, right? Because characters do have a certain tolerance, right? If I take off, you know, a advance one or two on a character, that might cripple somebody like Alexian, but it probably won't matter so much to somebody like, like Dolores, who has tons of movement already. Yes, absolutely yeah. true. And it's it's very it's very interesting, right? Like so again, I think I'm one of the better equipped people for this job because I've been involved in playtesting Battlecon for years. Forever. <laughs> so Forever, I kinda, truly. So I kinda know a little bit of the ins and outs of a lot of the characters. So yeah, and making those judgment calls is um it's still very hard despite the amount of experience I have with these characters and despite how much I know about these characters. So I can only imagine how somebody who hasn't been able to playtest the characters is able to do something like this, right? So uh I guess I'm on one end it's like it's a very daunting task. On the other end, I guess like if not me, then who else, right? Like Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's 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 gonna be me or you, pretty much. Yeah, and and, and it's it's a very interesting uh, set of decisions I've had to make. I've had to make some weird concessions, uh, in terms of like calling effects and all of this stuff. And sometimes it's just sometimes it's just concession in terms of like the style of the card, right? Like sometimes the aesthetic just has to give way because the card won't function otherwise. I mean, sure, mm. it's a little bit less perfect, but again, it's that balance between the aesthetic and the playability of the card. Like, because if we keep yeah. a card fully aesthetically good, but then the playability drops to zero, then what's the use of the card, right? So mm. it's, it's a very I would balance. say, too, you know, from my end, that having to teach you the production side parts of this game has been a real adventure for me, too, because I have had to basically uh streamline my own work into a way that i can explain it to somebody else like currently you know when i handed off the project we had battlecon files strewn around all over the place here and there and you know and i knew how to deal with that kind of a distributed workspace but it wasn't very friendly for somebody coming in and so learning you know where to put files when they're finished and how to organize files and how to uh link files together and uh, keep all of your stuff in one space. It's all been, uh, it's been a big part of the reason that we've reworked our project planning guidelines. Is to is now that I've had to hand off a project, I can see how much I was really winging it myself. <laughs> we're we're all truly just winging everything, Brad. Uh, no, that's a joke. But yeah, it's it's definitely very very like because when you first announced it on the update, right? Um, you had you had told me about it like a day or two prior to your announcement in the update. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, on one end I was very excited, but on the other end I was like, does Brad, does Brad think I can do all of this? <laughs> like, it's like, 
I don't I think know. You will be, I think you will be able to. Uh, so yeah, you, you see the potential, the, the yeah. potentiality of the Marco. Uh, but so at the end of the day, it was very interesting because it's, it's definitely like the first one or two weeks of being Balagon project lead was less doing the job of the Balagon project lead and more me trying to learn how to walk. You know what I mean? Because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, what are the yeah. programs I need? What are the files that are, what What things can I edit? What things can't I edit? What What is needed? And all of this stuff. So we got through that and now we're kind of just uh, going through the cards and the stuff. So for a quick update, proofreading, as, as sad as I am to say, the solo fighters are still not done proofreading. By the time this episode comes out, I'm still probably fixing all of the promo uh, solo fighters. Uh, most for- of them are, most of them are very close. There's just a few things that that need some adjustment, but most of the promo fighters are quite finished. Yeah, they're they're nothing too major, right? But it still means I'm not done. For a lot of those files, I think that you will just be able to approve them. I I don't see that they need to go back for another round of of uh, proofing, but that's up to you if you really feel that you need to, you know, to send them off. Just keep in mind that nobody is going to say, "Hey, they're done," except you. Yeah. That's something you just, it's the step you have to take yourself and it's the ultimate responsibility of a project lead. And that's, that's terrifying to me. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like part of it is just like, it's like on one end, it's like, I want this game to be as good as that, as that can possibly be. Right. Cause again, like one, one quote unquote benefit of hiring a fan to run the game, so to speak is that I love this game, right? I want it to be great. I want the I want the cards to come out all cool and nice and all of this stuff. But on the other hand, I, I what's pulling me apart from that being a fan is also being an employee and going, we have deadlines, dude. <laughs> like Yeah. Deadlines, dog. No, it's it's true. But uh, I think that um having hired a lot of people in my time, what I can really say is that you can hire all kinds of skills and you can teach all kinds of skills. But something something that you can only, um, you know, that you can't teach is a love for the game and appreciation for the game. So I think that that's a unique skill that you bring that um, maybe somebody else that is just a graphic designer or just a typesetter wouldn't be able to bring no matter how much we paid or how experienced they were. Yeah. So it's easier for me to find someone who really loves the game and understands it and teach them the tools than it is to find somebody who already knows the tools and then teach them to love the game. That's very hard. That's very difficult to teach someone yeah. to love a game. It's, well, you um, either do or you don't, right? That's, yeah. That's, it's just a matter of taste. It is, it is indeed a matter of taste. So there you go. Those have been my adventures in Battlecon, uh, <laughs> Battlecon Project Leading. Uh, so again, it's, it's really interesting because... Um, there's there's something that I a really a really funny thing that I heard in the exceed uh, development is that we're ahead of schedule but also behind, <laughs> and yeah, and that has never been so true until I became Balagon project lead when I realized that that statement is a hundred percent true almost all the time because we are so ahead in terms of like art in terms of like some of the other things like you know tuck boxes in terms of like creating graphic design and art, creating the extra bases. All of these aren't even due yet, but we're basically done with them. Uh, but yeah. when it comes to... And at the same time, like the project was actually planning to arrive in December. So we're still actually way over doing everything. <laughs> right? So it's... anyway, anyway, but the important thing is to keep people updated. 
But yeah. this is all the time I have, Marco. So I, I, I have to wrap it up, unfortunately. Well, it's okay, because we're going to wrap up this episode of the New Level Cap Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Give us a like, give us a comment, or share this with a friend. But Brad, if they hate it, they should. Google Plus want it. Okay, but also share it with an enemy. Um, as usual, that's been me, your host, Marco DeSantos, also known as a mechanic. And with me has been my amazing host, co-host, extraordinaire, CEO, president, god king of Level 99 games himself. Brad Talton, it's been great to be with you guys. Thank you, World of Indians. Thank you, and good night. Happy gaming! Oh, by the way, don't forget your special actions. Wink. The new Level Cap podcast is produced by Level 99 Games. Join us next Wednesday for more design talk and shenanigans. Thank you for listening.